Good morning from Fountain of Life Bible Church in beautiful downtown Johnson City. Uh, this is new. We have a church packed this morning. Packed fully empty. We imagine it's angelic beings are gathered here with us. But uh, in any event, we're here in the sanctuary of the church. This is a strange situation, obviously. Something something new, new to us anyway, but who knows what the what the future may hold. I know a lot of people are getting uh, cabin crazy, stirring crazy, but uh, nevertheless, uh, there, there's a reason for everything. And I know you're probably thinking, what, what good can come out of this? But believe it or not, uh, just like my message title today is to celebrate here, there, or in the air. And I know a lot of people are panicking. I've got family member just really panicking like crazy, but uh, I want you to take a particular note today when we get into the message. Uh, I think it's going to help a whole lot of people uh, if you do. Uh, Matt and I, Matt had these things printed up. It's prescription pads, just like you can get at uh, the doctor's office. Uh, but we use these when we counsel people and we tell them, say, look, if you, you go to see a physician and you're ill and he writes you a prescription, if you don't take the medication, you won't get better and there's nobody to blame but yourself. Well, what we do is when we counsel people, we give them the answer to their situation, which is scripture. And so we'll write down the scripture that they need to take to heart, that they need to eat the bread of life, word of God is bread, and, and digest that. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thy word have I hid in my heart and, and just consume it. And if you do, you will find the answer to your illness. God's word says it's by his stripes that we are healed. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So in like manner today, I want you to take to heart because what I want to share with you is some biblical scripture that is, I'm not going to say prophetic, but was definitely written for this immediate day and time when we find ourselves right now. Opening passage of scripture is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Very familiar, but listen to this. How applicable is it right now to what we're going through here in the United States? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Wow. How we, we really need that right now. But there is a caveat to it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. On a prayer request this morning, Linda's job to sum down. Uh, remember Liz and Amanda, Billy Jack's family. We really miss Billy Jack, but I know where he's at. Because I have prayed with him the sinner's prayer. He was baptized. He professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. We have paintings here that he has done. I've got a painting upstairs in my office uh, that he has done uh, regarding FLBC. And we're going to hopefully when we get back, uh, come here to church, we'll have these things displayed. Not only that, but I know a whole lot of us are walking around here with artwork that is put on us individually. He's a dear brother, but... Man, what he is seeing and enjoying right now is beyond anything we can imagine. In fact, God's word says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither is into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I want to also 
with Murph up in prayer, Ginger Hood, Linda Demas, and my first cousin, Shelly Young, my aunt, uh, her mother, Jean, passed away. And uh, Matt, do you have any prayer requests that you can think of off bat? Or Brandy? All right, we need to pray for our country. We need to definitely pray for our president and all the things he's going through. Kim Pennix. Kim Pennix, yes, yes. Remember, remember the Pennix family in prayer. They're, uh, last I heard, they were still waiting for some uh, test results. Let's go to the little prayer this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. We thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. Father, let us not just give lip service to our profession of faith, but indeed let us love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and being, and believe every word that you have given us. Because your word tells us that you, by the Holy Spirit, will bring all things to our remembrance that you have taught us. And Father, we lift it to you. Each of these special prayer concerns this morning, and not only these, but I know each one of us has a prayer need that uh, weighs heavy on our heart. And I know right now we're worried. And I know we're not supposed to be worried, but sometimes that's the battle in itself, the fight against fear, which is a mighty tool of the enemy, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But we pray for our children, our grandchildren, our spouses. We pray for our nation, Father God. We pray for our president that, that you will... Give him wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment for your perfect will and the grace to carry it out. Let this be a time that people will turn back to you before it is the day that you will come and take your children home. Lead us, God us, direct us in all things for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we usually have our praise team here. And so this morning I'm going to try to give you some music. But uh, this is a good time, too, to help your prayer life. Uh, I don't hardly play the guitar much anymore, so just uh, bear with me, if you will, on this. This is a song that Chris Christofferson wrote uh, the very same day that he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you for the kindness you've shown? Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus, I know what I am. Now that I know that I needed you, so help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. Try me, Lord, if you think there's a way. I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to you. 
Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it. So help me, Jesus, I know what I am. Now that I know that I needed you, so help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hands. When he... Uh, talked about the day that he went to church. I believe he was in, in uh, Crossville, Tennessee. He was invited to come to a, a church of a friend of his. And he said uh, the morning that the pastor was given the invitation, he just felt like, before he realized it, he was just walking down the aisle. He just couldn't help himself. And uh, he said he has never felt anything like that since. that uh, Or before. That he could just feel Burns roll away. You know, there's so many things that the enemy tries to throw at us on a daily basis. We're, right now, this virus thing is on everybody's mind. But if it's not this, it'll be something else. But uh, we've got to know in whom we have believed and, and be persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have, that we have committed unto him against that day. Now, here's a song that was written back during the Jesus people movement. That's back during the time that I uh, received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It was written by a woman by the name of, of Honey Tree, and uh, hopefully you'll like it. Walking down the street about nine o'clock, kicking up my heels and just taking a walk while I was smiling smiling. Let's try a different quarter. While I was smiling, singing a song, swinging my arms and just having a good old time. But when I was rudely interrupted by a big old cop who said, anybody as happy as you had just got to be doing something wrong. But I said, well, you can't arrest me, shake me, smell of my breath, make me roll up both of my sleeves. Do anything you want to me, I'm clean. I got nothing to hide. Oh, the reason I'm happy Cause I got Jesus inside. Well, I got back home about a quarter to ten. Mama said, boy, where have you been? She said, I've been reading all about that marijuana weed. And anybody as happy as you just got to be doing something wrong. But I said, Mama, you can't rattle me, shake me, smell my breath, make me roll up both of my sleeves. Do anything you want of me, I'm clean. I got nothing to hide. Oh, the reason I'm a happy is cause I got Jesus inside. Well, the very next day I was off to school. By then I knew I had to play it cool. So I got into class, took my place. Forgot all about that big smile on my face. And my teacher trotted me down to the principal's office. And the principal looked at me and said, look, little missy. And I said, but sir, just because I got long hair don't mean I'm a girl. And he said, anybody as happy as you has been got to do something in the boys' room. And I said, but sir, you can't rattle me, shake me, smell my breath, make me roll up both my sleeves. Anything you want of me, I'm clean. I got nothing to hide. Oh, the reason I'm a happy is because I got Jesus inside. Oh, the reason I'm a happy is because I got Jesus Inside, guarantee the Baptist church ain't playing that one down the road. 
Uh, her name was Honey Tree who wrote that. Uh, during the church, uh, the, the Jesus movement, it was amazing. Uh, the people who had come out of rock world and were getting saved left and right, uh, such as Phil Cady, uh, who's been recognized as one of the finest guitar players of all time. Larry Norman, David Meese, uh, B.J. Thomas. In fact, regarding B.J. Thomas, he had a song that I, uh, I truly loved that ministered to me in a big way back then. Let me see if I can do it. Like I said, I'm not a, I've always said that most musicians want to be preachers and most preachers want to be musicians. So uh, like I said, please excuse my guitar picking and uh, I guess I feel better about it with an empty church and if these people here are looking, but anyway. They say heaven's pretty Living here is too But if they said that I would have To choose between the two I'd go home I'd go home Where I belong Sometimes when I'm dreaming it comes as no surprise That if you look you'll see That homesick feeling in my eyes I'm going home I'm Going home Where I belong While I'm here I'll serve him gladly Sing him all these songs, but I'm here, but not for long, cause I'm going home. One day I'll be sleeping, death knocks on my door, I'll awake to find that I'm not homesick anymore. I'll be home. Yes, I'll be home where I belong. When I'm feeling lonely and when I'm feeling blue, it's such a joy to know that I am only passing through. I'm headed home. Going home where I belong, where I belong. Well, hopefully that helped your prayer life. I want to get to the what I was wanting to, to teach with you this morning. That I think it's just a something's absolutely fantastic. Uh a preacher from the uh, 19th century, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, perhaps been known as the, the, the best homiletic preacher of all time. Uh, tremendous story. If you get a chance to read his biography, uh, it'd be well worth your time. 
But one of the most popular books he ever wrote was called The Treasury of David, where he takes the book of Psalms and he gives some personal enlightenment as to how different Psalms have ministered to him. Now I want to read this. It might be a little lengthy. I may cut it short, but I want you to listen to this. This was dealing in 1854 uh, in London. They were dealing with what was called the Asiatic cholera. It killed thousands and thousands of people. And at this the same time that uh, Spurgeon was there. I want you to listen to what he wrote. In 1854, I had scarcely been in London 12 months when the district I labored in was visited by Asiatic cholera. And my congregation suffered from its inroads. Family after family summoned me to the bedside of the sick. And almost every day I was called to visit the grave. With youthful ardor, I visited the sick and was sent from all corners of the district by people of all ranks and religion. I became weary in body and sick at heart. One by one, my friends fell and I felt or imagined that I was sick like those around me. A little more work and weeping would have laid me low. I felt the burden was heavier than I could bear and I was ready to sink. As God would have it, I was returning mournfully home from a funeral when my curiosity led me to read a paper that had been placed in a shoemaker's window on Dover Road. It did not look like a trade announcement, nor was it for in gold, bold, I'm sorry, in good, bold handwriting, it bore these words. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. The effect on my heart was immediate. Faith appropriated the passage as her own. I felt secure, refreshed, and covered with immortality. I continued visiting and dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil. I suffered no harm. I gratefully acknowledged the providence that moved the tradesman to place those verses in his window. And in memory of its marvelous power, I adore the Lord my God. The passage of Scripture that Spurgeon is referring to is one of my favorites. Of course, I love all of God's word. But uh, he is referring to a passage of scripture that was definitely written for our time. And it's found in Psalm, if I can get over here to it, Psalm 91. Let me take this out of here because I can't hardly do this stuck in one place. There we go. Psalm 91, and I want to share something with you. You need to, right now during this time, because of plague, because of pestilence, you've got to remember something. This isn't the first time that something like this has ever happened to the world. Uh, interesting to know in the 14th century, there was a plague, again, that came out of China. And it was called the bubonic plague with the Black Death. And it wiped out over a third of all humanity. Wiped out a third. Uh, in fact, the bubonic plague as a result comes from fleas off of rodents. And in 1940, during the Second World War, there was a rather evil Japanese commander who literally dropped infected fleas over an entire village to destroy the people. Uh, also, plagues and pests have been used as biological warfare for hundreds and thousands of years. In fact, it was not uncommon in uh, a couple thousand years ago that they would catapult diseased bodies over a, 
a, a, a fortress wall just to infect the people there. We see that all of a sudden, like here in 1854, there was the cholera epidemic. Uh, there's been smallpox epidemics. These things uh, have happened all through our history, and now we, in this uh, modern 21st century, uh, just don't know how to, uh, to take this. We thought we were above such things. One thing that Charles Haddon Spurgeon noted about the cholera epidemic, he said, out of, out of even though the disease, the death, and the dying, the one thing that stood out was all the people who were very receptive to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It made the hearts of the people, he said, even people who would mock him, who were atheistic, who would try to, to, to hurl insults at him, became very receptive to the word of God. You remember at 911, uh, we were at Freedom Hall Civic Center the Sunday after that. And we were packed full. And I remember the first thing that I said when I came out and I looked around, I said, where were you folks last Sunday? This is a type of 911. You know, I think different times, God gives a trumpet warning. The shofar, as God's word tells us in the book of Ezekiel. If we don't sound the shofar, the warning, the blood of those who were not warned will be on our hands. And I think 911 was a blast of the shofar. I think this, this virus, is a blast of the shofar to warn people that it doesn't matter how scientifically astute you may think you are, time is running out. Time is getting close. In Psalm 91, you need to write this down, you need to keep this, you need to read Psalm 91 on a regular basis. If at all possible, you need to commit it to memory. God's word tells us in the first verse, he that hides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. All right, now God is writing to his people, he that is, hides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, here's something you need to know about that verse before we go any further. You remember when Jesus was born, we read this in Luke chapter 2, they took him to the temple to have him dedicated. And there was an old man there by the name of Simeon. They said that he stayed at the court and an elderly woman by the name of Anna. They stayed at the court seeking God day and night. And there's promise that they would see the, the Christ, the Lord, before they left this earth. They dwelt there. They dwelt in the presence of God. God's word is telling us here, before we get into all the glorious promise and the victories and the blessings that we have that this psalm holds, we must realize, it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place, he that hides in the secret place, shall dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. If you're playing games with God, you know what happens? You have a weakened faith. Every day we need to be in God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right now, many people are confined to homes, may not be working. May not have a choice but to stay home. We're seeing more and more restrictions being added on states and communities. This is a time, it's like I've told prisoners from coast to coast. I know you're incarcerated. You're here in this prison cell, but you have to look at that this is your time for Bible college. In like manner, because of this situation, this is your Bible college time. This is your, 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 your worship time spent in a monastery, if you will. You know, I heard uh, this morning on the news they talk about uh, the need for mental health 
and how so many people have nobody to talk to and how so many people are lonely. They need Jesus Christ because he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. They need, everybody needs to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to walk with him, to talk to him, to know that he is there with us. There's no need to feel like you're alone. Yes, he created us to have interaction with other people. But he also created the Christian to realize that he has given us the paracletos, the comforter, the one who comes walk alongside of us so that we are never alone. And when we hide in that secret place, we dwell within the shadow of the Almighty. You know what that means? That means when Jesus Christ were in his shadow, the devil can walk about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he can't come into the shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he can walk around, he can size us up, but he can't come in that shadow. You know what that means? During this time, and I really believe, remember, death comes by one man, and by sin one man. And all men have sinned, therefore death has come upon all men. Where does sickness come from? Don't blame God. The whole earth, according to Romans chapter 8, has been affected because of man's sin. Sickness and death is a result of sin. As a result, it is a mighty tool of the devil. And one of the most powerful tools the devil has is fear. God's word tells us in 1 John 4, fear has torment. And so many people right now are being tormented. Some people are, are questioning God as to why. Just, just like the uh, song we, we, we were talking about with Chris Christopherson. Don't give us what we deserve. This, what's going on right now be, may very well be what this world deserves because of the, the botchery, the abominations, and the, the hideous sins that man has concocted. It's just like in 911 when they said, Why did God let this happen? And uh, Billy Graham's daughter said, Well, when we asked God to leave the church, leave our government, leave everything else, what did you expect would happen? But he who hides in the secret place, of the Most High shall dwell in the shadow of God. And if you do that, you will be filled with peace. You see, God never told us he'd take us out of the warfare, but he told us he'd be with us during the warfare. And he, as we read in the second verse of this psalm, I want you to look at this. You need to keep this with us. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. My refuge and my fortress my God, in him will I trust. Uh, I have visited some castles during my time in Europe and in England and Ireland. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing the, uh, uh, the abilities that they had to, to build these mighty fortresses. Uh, even the little slits, little tiny slits that may look like windows uh, in these towers are not windows at all, but it was... Uh, embattlements where they could shoot arrows out and then jump back. It just uh, they, they were ready for every contingency. But one contingency that we will see here in this very psalm that uh, was an enemy they couldn't fight against or be saved from is pestilence, is disease. But you see, we as Christians, if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not saying that you won't ever contract this virus. 
But God's word says he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now look here at the third verse. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He should deliver us from the, the snare of the fowler. Who's the snare of the fowler? It's the trap that the devil sets for each of us. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am him that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so the devil wants to kill you, spiritually, mentally, physically. He doesn't care. He doesn't care that if it's a child that might get sick. He doesn't care. He is the epitome of evil. But God's word says, if we hide in the secret place of the Most High, dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, that he is our Lord, our refuge, our fortress, our mighty God, in him do I trust, and that he shall keep us from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, People are taking all types of precautions, myself too. You know, I, I know some people have been writing and saying, well, we shouldn't have to worry about this. We just need to go to church. And Now that's putting God to the test. You don't put God to the test. He's giving you gray matter. He's giving you a brain. But when we've done all that we can do, we turn over the Lord, then we don't have nothing to worry about. I'm, I'm, I am convinced that so many quote-unquote Christians have just given lip service to their faith. You can really find out who loves the Lord, who trusts the Lord in time like this. Those who go all to pieces and panic, where's their faith? They've had a, have, they want just enough Christianity to help them during a bad time, but not enough of Christianity to change their life in between those times. This is giving you a, a, an acid test, if you will, as to how deep is your faith we need to trust in the Lord. He is the sovereign Lord God. Let me tell you something. It's just like the B.J. Thomas song I, I shared with you a while ago. I belong someplace else. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm traveling through here. And when my time is done, there, there's a commercial out right now that just it's so biblically wrong. It shows this woman standing in line and supposedly uh, St. Peter and says, oh, we weren't expecting you for another 10 years. Well, that's bogus. Let me tell you something. You are not going to die one minute before God says it's time for you to die. You're not going to show up at the pearly gates and they're not going to say, oh, we won't expect you for another 10 years. If it's God's will for me to contact this virus and die, then it's my time to go and I know where I'm going. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Why fear death? It's our ticket out of here. Yes, I, I'm concerned for my children and my grandchildren. In fact, I worry about them far more than I do myself. I pray all the time, and I know this is in God's hands. Lord, please let me die before my children and my grandchildren. I know that's selfish too, because I just don't want to have to witness the, the tremendous heartbreak of seeing uh, uh, one of my children go before me. And, and I'm ready to go. I told my wife uh, today, I said, uh, and I got tickled. I was watching on TV, he's giving a, a list of those who are the most uh, vulnerable, those who are in greater danger. It said those with heart problems, those with high blood pressure, those who are diabetic, those who have asthma. And I got tickled and uh, Linda said, why? Well, I said, I've got every one of those things. And then they were talking about the malaria drug. And they said, well, we don't know that we give the malaria drug to everybody, particularly with people who have heart arrhythmia. And so I've come to the conclusion. I told my wife, I said, look, if I contact it, my plan right now is I'm staying at the house. 
because I'm not going to try to take uh, treatment and use equipment that maybe some young daddy who has little kids at home could use. Because I'm ready to go. I mean, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to suffer. You know, that's my big concern about dying. I don't want to have to go through the pain of it. But I'm ready to go home. Home is where I belong. My citizenship is laid in heaven. I believe that. Why? Because Jesus said it. He's a gentleman and Jesus cannot lie. He said, I have gone to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. Where's your faith? Do you trust him to have control of your life? If you have done everything, you know, so many people right now are having faith in their faith, which is no faith at all. That's sort of like you see this in the Pentecostal and charismatic moment. They say, well, if you really have faith, you don't have to, if you're a diabetic, you don't have to take your insulin anymore. And so people stopped taking their insulin and said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. You know what happened to them? They died. Why? Because they didn't have faith in God. They had faith in their action. That they thought, here's my action, and it will twist God's arm, and he'll have to heal me then. No. Here's what you do. If you feel like the Lord and lay on your heart that you will be healed from something, you keep taking your medicine, and if you don't need it anymore, you will know it, and then you'll know who healed you. You have faith in God's action and not your action. Same way in this situation. We're to do everything we possibly can and pray that the Lord would protect our family, our children, our homes. He says right here, he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I, I want you to go on. This psalm is just, just, just so rich, so full. Later, verse 4, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Reminds me so very much in Matthew chapter 27, verse 32, when Jesus Christ came to Jerusalem for the triumphal entry. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, they that killeth the prophets, how I would have gathered you as a hen under my wings. And if you know anything about farming all or raising chickens, it starts to rain and storm. My mama hen will lift up her wings and chicks will run under it and they're protected. Jesus said, Same way. He said, So many times when you've gone through things, if you'd have just ran to me, I would have raised my wings and covered you under my feathers. And here in this psalm, Hundreds of years before Jesus Christ. He said, he shall hide us under his feathers. And under his wings shall we trust. And that truth is our shield and our buckler. Verse 5, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies the day. Nighttime seems to be when the worst of our fear, doesn't it? All those things that go bumping in the night and all that imagery that the devil puts in our hearts and minds that scare us. That's when you need to realize that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, according to Isaiah 26.3. You keep your mind on God, he'll fill you with peace. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. You have to be proactive in overcoming fear. You have to apply the word of God for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So where does this fear come from? The devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob your joy. He wants to kill you spiritually, mentally, and physically. He wants to destroy your family, your home, anything that's good. He'd love to destroy a Christian America. We have to pray for this nation. We have to pray for our leaders. And because there's people with inside who are trying to destroy it, evil people. 
ungodly people. People who give lip service to being a Christian, but their actions call them a liar. Not to be afraid by the terror at night, nor the hour that flieth at noonday. Let, let's go on a little bit, bit further here. Nor for the pestilence, there it is again, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. You can keep walls up, you can have security systems and everything in the world. You can't keep out a plague. Now, here, I want you to look here at verse 7. This, this is very appropriate. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You know, we watch news right now. It, it's terrifying. If you allow it, we're talking about thousands here in New York, how they're turning uh, 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 refrigerated trucks into uh, mortuaries, and people dying at the epicenter of New York City, and they're closing down the exodus. Uh, from New York City, Connecticut, New Jersey. How so many of these are trying to slip down to Florida and are trying to prohibit that from carrying the uh, disease even further. You hear all these things and you think about it. But think about this. So you, you may have, uh, you, you look at the totality of people who have died, but now you compare that to people who die on a daily basis by car wrecks in the United States. Granted, it's scary, it's fearful. And God's word says, you look at these numbers in the scary, he said, but a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But what did he say? But it shall not come nigh thee. You put your trust in the Lord. You keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. It's like Peter getting out of the boat. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on the water. Don't listen to worry about all these numbers. That's all they are is numbers. But you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ you may see these things fall around you, but it shall not come nigh thee. I've talked to, we have a lot of veterans come to church here. A lot of combat veterans. And I've told the some have said that they always believed that, uh, that if it was your time to go, there was a bullet out there with your name on it. Well, if you're a child of God, there's not a bullet out there with your name on it. Not if you trust him, but remember the caveat. How close are you spending time with the Lord? How deep is your faith? How, how much time are you reading the Word? God is giving you time right now to develop and enhance and to enrich your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you making good use of time? Or are you wringing your hands saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Verse 8, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold. You know what that is reminiscent of? The Exodus. Remember when Moses went to, was led by God to take his children out of Egypt? Those who had the blood over the doorpost, death passed by. But those who did not have, and come under the blood covenant, those who did not have the blood over their doorpost, died. And that's where this is coming from. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. As a result of being covered in the blood of Jesus, the angel of death is to pass by. And only with our eyes shall we behold to those who did not trust the Lord. Look at verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Look at this. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. You see, I believe in angelic powers. I know that God's Word tells in Hebrews 1. I know Matt's been teaching in Hebrews that angels are God's ministering spirits to assist the saints. Who are the saints? We who are born-again Christians. And 
Perhaps one day when we're in heaven, uh, it'll be played back to us and, and show us. I'm going to show you all the times that an angel kept you from falling in the snare of the foul or picked you up or preserved you or kept you from being wiped out at a, a, a red light section or any number of things that we don't even know that God has preserved us from. I know of a situation, I know of a time when Matt was little, I was riding on a motorcycle, we were down on 107, and a guy, even a fellow who was following can't believe it. I saw it, the guy following saw it, the, there was a woman in front of us who was poking along and it was permissible to pass, and we fell out in the left lane to pass, and all of a sudden she made a left turn. And I know this is going to sound impossible, but it looked like we literally went through the fender. I'm saying through the fender. The guy on the bike behind us, he said, I can't believe what I just saw. Kurt Jones, he said, I can't believe it. I said, I saw it too. Why he preserved us from that, only God knows. Everything is in God's timetable. There's not a bird that falls to the ground, but he knows it. He said, of much more importance are you to him than they. Again, that doesn't mean we just walk out here and say, I got faith and hug people and all that. No. No, we do all we can do, and then we trust God for the rest. There is nothing going to happen to you. God's Word says, I know when you sit down. I know when you stand up. I even know your thoughts are far off. There's nothing withholding from you. If we take every precaution, we humanly can. See, I'd be, I'd be like saying, well, I believe, believe God's going to provide for me. I share, I called in when Matt's sermon, I can't remember, was it nighttime or Sunday last week? And I gave just a, a synopsis of the story of, of a flood that came. Some of you may have heard this, a flood that came. And this guy, he was really into the charismatic Pentecostal movement. He said, I got faith. And the waters got up to his porch. And he sat there on his porch. And people come by and said, man, you better get out here. They're evacuating area like crazy. And he said, oh, I got faith. God's going to preserve me. Well, it got a little higher. And the rescue squad come up in a boat. And say, get in, bring your family, uh, we're going we're gonna to get you out of here. He said, nope, I got faith that, that God's going to get me out of this. Water kept rising. Finally, he was up on the roof. And a helicopter came and the Lord, uh, uh, the cable down to him, he said, nope, I got faith that the Lord's going to get me out of this. The water covered him and he died. And he got to heaven he said, God, I don't understand. I trusted you to save me. God said, uh, I sent a warning. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. You see, God works through the things he has created. And if that doesn't bring about God's holy will, then he will create out of fiat, out of nothing, to bring about his perfect will. And so we're doing all that we can do. We have faith in God. We have nothing to worry about. We should celebrate. We should celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the living God, the faith he has given to us now or later or when we're home with the Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ, I believe the Lord God Almighty heals all sicknesses. I believe he heals all sicknesses. He may do it right away. He may do it tomorrow. He may do it next week. Or he may do it when we get home to be with the Lord. But he will always heal his children. For it's by his stripes that we were healed. Uh, a good, good brother of mine has gone on to be with the Lord, Harry Johnson. He went to a Christian motorcycle gathering out in Arizona, rode from over here in Kingsport out there. The pastor preached on, out there preached on this very same psalm, Psalm 91. And this particular verse, that he shall give his angels charge over you to lift you up, lest you dash your foot against stone. That stayed in Harry's mind. And 
And Harry left uh, this Christian gathering, was heading back home, and it started raining. And he started to pass this uh, uh, tractor and trailer. Well, when he did, he hit a, a large amount of water, and his bike started hydroplaning. And uh, it went down on his side, and Harry said that he was literally sliding down through there on the water, on his back, coming up alongside the tractor and trailer. And he said just as calm as could be, Psalm 91 came to his mind. But he shall give his angels charge over thee to lift thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And he said, just like, I, he said, like I could feel, now I'm just telling you what he said. He said, like I could feel a big hand under me that left me, just set me down in the grassy median. And he had one little bitty scratch on his elbow. But while that was happening, God brought to his remembrance the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, as the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you, as God's word tells us in Matthew 22, 37 and 4, we are to love the Lord our God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment of Satan by to love thy neighbors thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. During this time, why are you afraid? Nobody wants to get sick. You know, it's just like, uh, and, and, and don't misunderstand, I'm not trying to say we ought to be fatalistic and go well, it, hey, it don't matter. I was like an old preacher was doing a revival one night and he asked everybody, he said, who wants to go to heaven? Well, everybody raised their hand except one old man in the back. He looked at him and he said, sir, didn't you hear what I said? I said, how many of you want to go to heaven? You didn't raise your hand. He said, yeah, I heard you. He said, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, oh, I want to go to heaven. He said, but I thought you were trying to get a group together to go tonight. See, God has created into us self-preservation. It's natural. It's like uh, one of the most powerful things in the world is a mama with her child. Uh, she can pick up a car. She can attack a bear or anything in the world to protect her child. Jesus Christ loves us more than the world could ever do. He, he says, no weapon, God's word tells us, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Do you get that? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's giving us all these provisions. He said, if we will dwell in the secret place, if we will hide in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If we do that, that's the caveat. Run to him. Our God shall be our refuge and our fortress. In him do we trust. He shall deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall hide us under his feathers, under his wings, and his truth shall be our shield and our buckler. He shall preserve us from the terror by night or the arrow that flieth at noonday. He shall give us protection from the noisome pestilence. He shall give his angels charge to camp round about us to lift us up lest we should dash our foot against the stone and protect us. This psalm was written for this time. And not only for this time, Charles Haddon Spurgeon embraced this psalm, changed his life, gave him energy, vim and vigor and happiness in the midst of a plague that wiped out thousands in London. Not one city. Asiatic cholera found out that a I think his name was a Dr. Snow. 
at this time made great innovations and he would trace the cholera coming down to one water pump in the city. Now, this situation we're dealing with now, this coronavirus, uh, every day it seems like they're coming out with some actual different aspect of something else we can do. Uh, stay six feet away from people, wash your hands constantly, don't touch your face, uh, all these things. These are things we need to be applying, we need to be doing. Uh, but it's amazing where it's turning up in places that there did not appear to be any physical contact. You know, I, I don't understand, I don't know if this is possibly, some have speculated, was this some kind of biological scheme by, by China? I, I don't know. Was it something they were working on that got out of control and got away from them? Can we believe a word they're saying about how it's dissipated in their country? I don't think we can trust a word they say, but I know who I can trust. I can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. That even in the midst of the storm, he said, I'll never leave you and forsake you. I know that if we hide his word in our heart, we will not sin against him. I know that the word of God is, is, is beautiful and peaceful. It's our sword of the spirit. We can fight against the tool of fear that the enemy wields at us. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is stalking you, and fear has torment. But we don't need to be afraid. You do the best you can. You do what you're supposed to do. Turn over to the Lord. And God forbid, if you were to be someone who was diagnosed with this contagion, just turn over to the Lord. Turn over the Lord. They may not know what the answer is, but I know who holds the answer. And if it's my time to go or your time to go, death is not the end. It's just the bridge to eternity. It's not a goodbye. It's just so long until later. We need to trust in him. You know, we give lip service. Lip service. Saying we believe. Our actions say we're a liar. Do you know who you believe? Let me read the rest of this song. I just got a little bit more over here. Verse 13, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, thou shalt trample under feet. Because he has, listen to this, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life while I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise God. Man. No place for fear for the born again Christian who hides in the secret place of the Most High and abides and dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord that he is my rock, my refuge, my God, and him will I trust. We need to continually pray. But realize this time is your Bible college time. Get into the word of God. Get in time of prayer. Get in time of spending time with your family. And just know this. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we sure know who holds tomorrow. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. Thank you for this day. We celebrate you this day. For even in the midst of trouble, we know that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And we know that you know every situation in our life. We celebrate, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our burdens to bear. We know that we have victory in Jesus, our Savior forever. We know that it is well with our souls. We know whom we have believed and have persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. Father, I pray if anyone today who's watching this, listening to this, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. Father, I pray your blessings upon each and every one today. I pray, Father God, that you would uh, increase our faith. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Keep us our going out and coming in. And please remove this virus so that we can gather back here in the house of God with the family of God to worship you with all of our voices unto the Lord. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Matt will be bringing the message tonight at 6 o'clock. Be sure to turn, tune in for that. You're not because you're my little boy. He does a great job, but it's a lot of study in his teaching. So hopefully we'll gather together. Uh, at 6 o'clock tonight.